We are here. We are back with the Sports Detention Football Show. I'm here with Potty, Berta and Cozzy. Fellas, how are we going? Happy Monday. Happy day, boys. How are we? Yeah, good thanks, boys. Good to be back again for another Monday night um, podcast. And uh, yeah, good day. Mm. Everyone else? Yeah, good day. It makes Mondays go quicker, doesn't it, boys, with the pod on the Monday night? You know, Mondays are a struggle at the best of times. But just knowing to sit down and talk football with you blokes just makes my makes my Monday. It's oh, great to it hear actually, you, mate. It actually, it actually gets me excited too because it gives me something to do. Mm. Like it's the one of the only Google Docs I'll fill out at work. <laughs> yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to really make it hard for our conversation later in the show when I tell you these aren't coming back next week. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> yes, finally. <laughs> uh, rightio, so another massive week, boys. Should we get straight into the pod? Sounds Let's like a plan. Radio, we're here, Sports Attention Football Show. Uh, boys, as we discussed earlier, big week. Potty, what happened over the weekend, mate? Yeah, mate, so match day 11, the season's really starting to get a, get on, isn't it? And uh, so, the victors over the weekend, Man United, Brentford, Palace, City, big win over Bournemouth. Uh, Sheffield United, Newcastle, Nottingham Forest, and uh, Everton and Brighton played out a draw, as did Luton and Liverpool. Oh, geez, a 95-minute goal saved Liverpool there. And mm. uh, Spurs and Chelsea to play overnight. Uh, overnight, yes. Uh, yes, yeah, so some big matches. And we had a bit of A-League as well, mate. Yeah, mate. So Got to stick with the local flavour as well. We certainly do. The Jets and the Wanderers played out a two-all draw. Uh, and the Melbourne Heart, Phoenix, MacArthur... Uh, Melbourne Victory and uh, Perth Morning Glory also had wins. Mm. So, yeah, that's Round the only three. So, the Central Coast Mariners. Berta, tell us about them, mate. What is going on? You're a Central Coast fan, aren't you? Oh, yeah, lifetime supporter of the, the Central Coast Mariners. Um, oh, I just guessed. My, 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 sum, my summary is they won last year and they haven't won a game this year. Yeah. So, obviously, I don't know, have they shipped out some players? Are they forgotten to show up? Are they mm. got the champion's curse? Would they just think they can rock up and do it again? I don't yeah. know. Look, bring back your same bolt. Yep, how that didn't work, I'll never know. Mm. Uh, Rightio, fellas. Uh, we'll get straight, straight. Oh, mate. I'm going to have to chop that up myself. Yeah. We'll get stuck straight into the headlines of the week. Um, Cozzy, you can start us, mate. Shoot us off this week. What do we got? Righto, boys. I've got one for you for the conspiracy theories out there. We love Very that. simply, Operation Get Ronaldo. Which one? Cristiano Ronaldo, mm. the man of the moment. So, so is this is this a winter loan thing? Is it? 
No, 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 Grego. Let me let me just point out a few things. There's been a few issues lately in the Premier League, and I've done a bit of digging, and mm. I've put two and two together. I've come up with five, but yep. no matter, we'll get there. So bear with me when I when I get through all this information. Okay. That was the nicest way someone's ever told me to shut the fuck up. Yeah, that was very calm. <laughs> well done, mate. Well done. <laughs> it won't happen again, Grego. So enjoy. Uh, right. Newcastle, Newcastle United, right? Last week, dubious VAR decision against Wolverhampton Wanderers. Dubious. Penalty given away. Mm, This week, and I'm sure we'll get to it later, dubious VAR decision against Arsenal. Mm. They've got an English manager, all right? So these are the pieces of the puzzle, boys. Put all this together, and in the background, you've got written into a certain Cristiano Ronaldo's contract that if Newcastle United Mm. make the Champions League, finish fourth, make the Champions League, he will re-sign, he will come across from the sister club, Al Nasser, in Saudi Arabia, Mm. and join Newcastle United. There it is, boys. There it is. Breaking here on the pod. Operation Get Ronaldo. Um, What do you think? I don't know how you want me to break it to you, Potty, Cosy. But this is exactly this was reported when he signed his contract with Al Nasser about twelve months ago. The same, the same, and I think it might have been word for word with how you described it was how it was reported at that time. So I'm happy with that. Then (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it does sound. Yeah, I mean, the fact that Messi's no longer playing in the Champions League probably says that Ronaldo would be interested in such a move. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Watch this space. I just think all the pieces of the puzzle there, boys, I just can't work out why Newcastle are getting a leg up, but I think Mm. I've pinpointed the problem. Mm. What what did the English manager have to do with anything? Because you mentioned that in, in your sphere. Yeah, it was a bit racist. <laughs> yeah, no, it's the... It's An the, English the manager FA. in England? That's unbelievable. Unheard of. Yeah. yeah, they want the English to do well. They, the English mm. FA are, you know, propping up the game. They want Ronaldo back. Ticket sales up. So there you have it, boys. Get Operation mm. Get Ronaldo. Mm. If that doesn't come true, I'll be absolutely gobsmacked. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nothing, uh, not unusual for an Arsenal fan to put one and one together and get five. Mm, well, <laughs> well uh, done, Cozzy. Potty, throw into your headline, mate. What do you got for us? Bayern blunder. Bayern Munich eliminated by Zabrucken, a third division t- team in basically what is the German FA Cup. So mm. big news. Do you catch that, boys? Oh, yeah, I saw saw the scoreline, saw the headlines, but that's about it. Mm, mm. The shock result. Uh, very proud um, tournament, and uh, Bayern Munich have actually won that 20 times, which is 14 times more than anyone else. So, yeah. it, you know, a big deal, and not not something they'd be overly happy with going out so early, I wouldn't think. And, um, yeah. It was a good match. I watched the highlights. I got the uh, the mini-match, because you can actually get the uh, the German Cup in the uh, Opta Sport app, so for anyone at home who wants to listen to that, um, or, sorry, watch it, um, it was pumping, absolutely pumping. I, I was blown away that they were a third division team because the, the, it was packed yep. in their stadium and it was away. Um, I think Thomas Muller scored early um, and it looked like they were on their way. Then it got scratched off. 
And then obviously uh, Zarbrocken ended up getting the winner, mm. which was unbelievable. But um, yeah, I think they only some, sometimes. Sorry, sometimes you look at that game and think they didn't put out a very good team. But I'm just checking out their team, and it and it's very handy. Like mm. there's some very good players there. Yeah, I'll, Harry Kane didn't play, but yeah. Just had a quick look at the stats before as well, and it um, looked like Bayern Munich were all over him as well. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, it was um, dug deep and got it done. But, you know, like these sort of things do happen before, and it's not the only upset in big um, big sort of tournaments. So mm. I just did a little bit of research, and I'm very thorough with my research. I, you know, unbiased. I like to pick things completely at random. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> this will be good. Yeah, as you'll all be aware. So I'm just going to just start off the, you know, First thing that came to mind, the 1992 FA Cup, mm. third round. Wrexham, well before the Ryan Reynolds days, mm. beat Arsenal 2-1. Oh, yeah. Yeah, still yeah. still stings, Cos? It does, because it's, it's one of those games that keeps popping up on highlight shows and things like that mm. when, when they talk about FA Cup and Arsenal. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and now that they've got a bit of following Wrexham, everybody sort of, oh, remember the day we beat Arsenal? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and, and and they think about the day that it will happen again, mm, yeah. possibly, and it could happen again. Yeah. Uh, and the distant future. And uh, Oldham Athletic. Well, in 2014, they had their day in the fourth round of the FA Cup. They beat Liverpool three mm. two. Mm, that's you know when they were dreaming of big things, thinking about going all the way, but um, only lasted one more round till they were dispatched by a better Merseyside team. So mm. Toffee's got them done at Goodison <laughs> Park. So. Wow. Comfortable win there. And uh, Leeds United beat mm. Manchester United just up into the championship that year. 1-0 at Old Trafford. Jeez, that was a bit of a, a shameful day for um, Manchester United at Old Trafford as well. Oh, yeah. Put out a fairly handy squad, I'd say, as well, Gregor. Oh, mate, it's, yeah, it's, uh, gutting. I mean, yeah. Leeds were in the second division. Yeah. It's, uh, it was awful. <laughs> yeah. uh. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, I wouldn't leave myself out here, boys. You know, I'm a fair man. I did some research as well. Uh, the Toffees had their most embarrassing win, perhaps the most embarrassing win in FA Cup history. They went down to Liverpool oh, in 2020. Yeah. So what if, I mean... <laughs> Shameful, oh. boys. I, can, I can't mm. even hold my head eye saying that. The lowly Liverpool. But anyway, you know, these things happen. Bayern Munich, chin up. They'll be back. Yep. They'll be back. Um, my headline of the week, boys, the Ballon d'Or. Fuck off with that stupid award. <laughs> Seriously, like, it is worse than the Dally M's for rugby league fans. Like, it is so... Uh, it's, it's bullshit. Like, seriously, the Ballon d'Or. Like going into it is it is has it not just turned into the Lionel Messi Cristiano Ronaldo wankfest? So talk us through this a little bit, Grego, because you've been trying to save a little bit of this passion for the podcast, but it's been seeping out over the last couple of days, hasn't it? <laughs> oh, mate, it's just an absolute joke. Like you know, so if you go back all the way to two thousand and eight, the only two to win it not named Kareem Benzema have been Cristiano Ronaldo or Lionel Messi. You cannot tell me, and, and even this year, saying 2023, and the first thing that everyone pushes back with is, oh, he won the World Cup. Well, fucking, so did Julian Alvarez. But you know what Messi didn't win? He didn't win a treble either. 
Like, so you can't say it's just, oh, this is what he won, because quite frankly, either Javi or Iniesta would have won the Ballon d'Or in 2010, or you could have given it to fucking Wesley Snyder, who won the treble with Inter, who weren't meant to win a treble, and took the Dutch, who didn't qualify for the previous World Cup, to the World Cup final. You know, so it's not about the team achievement, in my opinion. It is about the best player. That is what it is, the Ballon d'Or. And I would argue that... Over the last decade, it has just turned into an absolute debacle. And I apologise, I'm corrected there. Luka Modric did win in 2018 as well, um, So other than Benzema. But I would say that the moment you lost me was when Robert Lewandowski did not win it in 2021. Mm. That was an absolute disgrace. The fact that Messi playing in the Farmers League in France, who'd won fuck all won the Ballon d'Or and Lewandowski, who had just absolutely single-handedly carried Bayern Munich to a Champions League, got nothing. It's an absolute joke. I'm done. It's lost all integrity. Mm. I mean, it lost a lot of integrity when a Liverpool player won it in 2001, but (laughs) I'll overlook that. (laughs) Wasn't he a Manchester United player? Well, United, great. The the man with no club. (laughs) Yeah. All right, let's move on. <laughs> what, what else, Grego? Well, I mean, what do you think? Do, are you guys gonna are you gonna yeah. argue the fact that Messi should have won the Ballon d'Or? Is is or is are we just all in agreement? No. Uh, it's, yeah. Sorry. Go better. Oh, it's simple for me. No, absolutely not. It's 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 a joke. Like, well, you know, earlier in the week when Grego and I had this conversation. <laughs> I was one of those idiots that responded with, but he won the World Cup with Argentina. But upon further reflection, when you look at statistics around other players, like the fl- you know the flop of the century, Erling Haaland scored, what, 38 goals last year, which Messi wasn't even close. You know, there's obviously better players out there. If it's, if it's a true award for the game's best player, then it wasn't, it wasn't Messi this year. So it does really make it look like it's a bit of a popularity contest rather than who is the actual best player in the world and and i think where i would say like and i think it's a fair enough argument is that i would say if i was talking goat greatest of all time and obviously i can only look in my lifetime with you know certain bias there but i think messi winning the world cup for me says that he is the best of all time i think that's but it doesn't mean he's the player of the year because he wasn't he was playing for fucking PSG and he's now at into Miami. Like what are we what are we even doing here? You know, so that's you so is he the goat? I would argue yes he is, the best player to ever walk this earth. I didn't get to see enough of Maradona, Palais, you know, Eusebio, any of those sorts of players, or, you know, Puskas, any of that, you know. But I could have that argument that he's the greatest of all time, but it doesn't mean that he was a player of the year. Erling Haaland won a treble with Man City. Like and that and I'm I'm saying that, you know, a bloke who hates Man City. And I would be backing Erling Haaland as the player of the year. If not, what about Rodri? You know, what about someone who's actually carried a side to win, you know, a decent competition, not just turned up for four weeks in Saudi Arabia? Yeah, you're hard to argue with, mate. Like it's um, it's one of those ones where, you know, you could picture a bit of a spirited debate around it, but I think everyone's just, yeah, mm. it's a joke. So what is, I'm going to argue, less of a joke 
is my second headline of the week, and that is that growing the game. FIFA has confirmed that football in the Middle East will be extinct if we don't give them more World Cups. Saudi Arabia has been confirmed as the 2034 World Cup holder. We called this so easily the other week where they had that shit show of, oh, we're going to... We're going to wet the beak of South America and, and Europe and Asia and that way. Well, we'll give you a little bit of World Cup. So inherently the World Cup in 2034 goes to Saudi Arabia. It's happening. What do we think, boys? Corruption at its finest. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> I don't think there's any allegedly about that. They've, I don't know, their their money's buying Premier League clubs, buying whatever they want, basically. So why can't they buy a World Cup as well? Mm. Mm. Allegedly. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's a hard case to answer. As you said before, we've grown up looking at and watching certain players and certain teams all around the world. And to be fair, um, the Middle East hasn't really stamped its authority on any competitions or anything in that time. So they are a developing nation. But to me, like... You know, when you look at the way Africa, Africa's going the opposite direction and FIFA aren't doing anything about that. So are they worried about the football development or are they worried about their financial development? I think that's the underlying factor. Oh, it's always been financial for FIFA. I mean, there's not even an argument there. Because you could, if, you know... We're growing the game just doesn't fucking cut the mustard. It doesn't pass the pub test because mm. you're growing the game, what, you're growing the most popular game in the Middle East? Like the Saudi Arabian public love football. You saw it in Qatar. They're frothing over football. It is, it is gangbusters in the Middle East football. You don't need to bring a World Cup there to grow it. It's already no. there. So it's just a cop-out. Yep. It is, but yeah, and um, I mean the. <laughs> I'd love to get a job in the police, uh, the publicity department of FIFA, wouldn't you? Like the stories, it'd be just so easy to write, wouldn't they? Like you wouldn't be digging real deep; it'd just all be surface level. Just say, you know, what the bosses want you to say, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Just sit back, you know, and and let the stories roll without any accuracy or without any actual factual information to it yeah i don't think you'd be able to have that job cosy because you've actually got a conscience mate <laughs> well allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> all right so moving on from the shit show let's go to some normal chat bird Berta, what's your headline of the week mate um yeah just uh, just when you thought the premier leagues and the var couldn't get any worse um, and you've got to say this in your best dumb and dumber voice, they go ahead and totally redeem themselves with a piss-poor performance in Week 11. Um, mm. I'm, I'm sure, I thought that was good. Sure, I'm sure we'll get into this um, when when we talk about um, Mikel Arteta. I'm sure we'll cover this. So, yeah, like there was some howl. What happened with Mikel? Oh, yeah, well, he acted like a twit, sent out a statement. <laughs> then the club sent out a statement backing him, saying that he did, in fact, act like a twit, but we're all for the fact that he acted like a twit, carried on like a child. Um, I think I saw the phrase Klopp-like somewhere. Yeah, well, we always do this. When another manager has a performance, we always blame Klopp, but still, it's got to come out of them. Um, yeah, like, just uh, that... Look, like the fact that... The, all right. Just the fact gonna, that they didn't I'll, give Kai Havertz... For his Cobra Kai, like, 
Mr. Miyagi kick. That's a good play on words. That was yeah. absolutely like, I don't know what they're doing. Why are they there? If that's not a red, why are they there? There's no consistency. Look, I, before you go too far, Berta, I'm going to actually give the officials a rap and then I'm going to probably you know, ease up on the, on the praise. Luis Diaz. Now, one thing the officials did really, really well over the weekend was Luis Diaz didn't get a yellow. I double-checked it, triple-checked it. He didn't get a yellow for showing the shirt underneath the shirt. Yeah. I... Which was which was a positive because considering his dad's been kidnapped, yeah. I mean, it would have been harsh to give him a yellow. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the, the, you know, the fact that it's the world game and, he, and he's saying, uh, what was it, something about his papa on his shirt. Like, that's a pass, you know. He's not, he's just saying, yeah. bring yeah. him So they got dad. that right. Yeah. Yeah, but they didn't get much so, else right. I, I just can I jump in there, boys? I think this is a three on one side, one on the other conversation. I don't agree with that. I don't think you know. I I understand the sympathy and the empathy with Luis Diaz, but mm. where do we draw the line on you know messages on shirts? I mean, you can't tell me that something about racism or something about any other controversial topic, which you know, most of the time we view as correct, you know, we, we can't allow players to be displaying messages full stop. But, but we're kneeling, we're, we're, <sighs> we're wearing rainbow laces, we're displaying every other type of message. Why can't, we, why can't we say to the world that, you know, kidnapping is also not something that we're pretty fond of at the Premier League? Yeah. Mm. Oh, absolutely. I, I don't, the message is... Totally, I agree with the message, but I just think the vehicle is not the way to do it. All right, so what what do we say now? So if we've got rainbow laces, we've got the knee, what do we do for kidnapping? Do we do handcuffs? <laughs> so because I know I'm I'm throwing it out there, guys. I'm you know, Timmy Cahill. He got hammered for handcuffs when his yeah, brother he was in the clink. <laughs> he wasn't allowed to do it. He got fined for it. We can't do handcuffs. What possibly was Luis Diaz going to do? The shirt, yeah. shirt was the only option. Yeah, I just don't think it's a vehicle for messaging. I mean, I, I as I said, I totally agree with the message and this will pro- might be an unpopular um, opinion, mm. but I just think that the line needs to be drawn and it's zero. The line's zero. It's not... Like, who, who makes the judgment call on that sort of thing? You know what I mean? Like uh, The, refs, the yeah. refs would probably get it wrong if it went to VAR, so it wouldn't matter. Anyway, mm. um, so... <laughs> yeah. Well, the refs would probably go to VAR with that and they'd say that that says something different to what it actually says. That's how fucked yeah, up it'd be, they are yeah, at the moment. Oh, they probably so thought it said bring home soup rolling. or something like that, yeah. No, no, that... <laughs> now, Cozzy, before we get too far off topic, mate, how much is the ransom? And will you accept American dollars? <laughs> 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 because you're obviously a big fan of kidnapping... Um, <laughs> no, in the in the Fed Ingham department, uh, let's go, Cozzy. Let us know. Talk to us about Mikel Arteta. What's your take, mate? Because oh. this is what this is obviously what we've been dancing around. We've been dancing oh. around the whole idea of VAR. Uh, go ahead for us, mate. What do you think happened on Sunday morning? Oh, it's a it's a a tale of uh, it's a tale of frustration, but. I watched that now, and I think I've I've said it, and the listeners probably have heard me say it many times. Like you can understand, but you still don't like it. It's it's you're watching this unfold on TV, 
you're watching the replays, you're watching the commentary, and, and in the fair income department, like, I know lots of people have their opinions on this, obviously, but, and I know I'm an Arsenal supporter, but out and out, the majority of people I listen to and talk to have just gone, that's not a goal, that's that's a foul, that's out, that ball's out, etc., etc. And now I know there's arguments on both sides, but as I said, there's a large majority of past players, past referees, are just looking at this and going, what are we doing? And and you can understand Arteta, he's, he's a passionate guy. Mm. He's trying not to get fined. He's trying to get a message across. But the frustration is there because, as he said, like if you're putting all this time and effort into performances and, and you know, many of us have been there and some recently, then what do you do? Like, you walk off the field just scratching your head. Like, what do you think, guys? Like, I just... It baffles me. Look, if I was to go through the process of what occurred, I think the explanation is is pretty fair, to be honest. Like, there was no... Uh, obviously there was no camera that, and we talked about it a, a few, you know, podcasts ago around having the Hawkeye around the whole field, you know, and which I was taking the piss about it, but it's almost like something like this goes, oh, maybe it is worth it. You know, I, I think it's happened to United in terms of it happened in the World Cup in terms of uh, the ball and the images that you get on the camera and obviously not taking into, you know, consideration the the physics around a sphere and how the image can be portrayed in different angles and the like. So there straight away on the ball going out, you can rule out conclusive evidence. And remember that VAR, you know, when used correctly is for, you know, Absolute howlers. It's for, it needs to be 100% conclusive that a mistake was made. I don't think with the with the sideline you can make that call. I, I'm happy with that. Mm-hmm. The next one, if we jump to, is the offside. Now, to, he's not offside. No. So there's obviously their argument, which I think they've been wrong in doing, is saying in the heat of the moment that we couldn't get the camera angle or there was too many players in the way, I think they've actually, that was the most, they should have just gone radio silent on it and said, let's let the heat simmer down and then we'll go through the process before we put out any comments or anything with it because he wasn't offside, but the excuse given at the time, oh, geez, that doesn't doesn't sound good. You know, that just sounded piss poor. And then the final one is I was all for it. When I first watched it, I was like, oh, that's a foul on Gabrielle. You know, Jolin's got hands in the back. However, I mm. did listen to commentary from, and, you know, Cosy, you're probably going to scoff, from Gary Neville. And he spoke about it from the perspective of a defender, that often a defender, because if Gabrielle's going to clear that header and at the height that it was at, he had to scoop down and look to flick it out. So does that play into the positioning of his body to look like he is being pushed? Because you know often defenders will obviously play below the head and try and flick it out away from the goal with the back of their head. So there there was an argument there. I go, well, when you speak, I, yeah, can you then say it's a clear and obvious error that it was a push that caused that? And, you know, yeah, I I could, yeah... I'm probably. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. If you think 
if we turn the tables and say Gabriel was trying to score a goal, mm. he was the attacker, would that change that decision? If it's saying that it's well, if he's trying to get his forehead onto the ball as opposed to try and scoop and make a defensive header, that it's probably going to change your. You know, if you're in a, a referee and you're looking at it subjectively, you're probably going to go, "Well, he's ended up in that position because it's purely the hands in the back because he's going to be looking to get head on the ball and attacking the ball." So I think it is a bit so of a different position. So you're saying that would be a that would be a free kick. So if he was in that case. It would be, if it was the other way around, he was trying to score, it would have been a penalty, yeah. But yeah. So, these are two different so two different where, positions, though. So he's looking to play right. out from the back. He's looking to play a header away from the goal, which is, means he's arching his body because he's moving t- towards it whilst hoping to deflect it away. So it makes his body position look and over-exacerbate the fact that he might be getting, you know, some contact from behind. Yep. So what we're judging, though, is Joel Linton's actions. Mm. So if, if you're saying that, uh, if we're saying that, yes, no, that wasn't a penalty, Gabrielle's trying to head the ball out, etc., etc., or if Gabrielle's trying to head the ball in, all of a sudden it is a penalty, uh, Joel Linton's actions don't change in that point in time. So, and he's the one forcing the play. So are we deciding on a penalty based on what we think the person being... <laughs> I'm. I'm uh, just going. Look, I. I understand your point, and yeah. I. And I can't disagree yeah. with it. I'm just saying that when it comes to the ruling of VAR being clear and obvious errors, I don't think you can make a judgment yeah. on clear and obvious in that. And that's where, yeah. you know, when you look at some of the other ones, and I mean, there's compilations been flying out all weekend of some of the horrific decisions that are be given. This is where I think VAR is tying itself into a corner because it's making such nitpicky garbage decisions but then when something seems like oh that was it they're not giving it and it's costing a team a game yeah you know and you've got a you've only got to look and the listeners can check it out online is when Rashford's cut back to Hoyland in that game for Manchester United Hoyland thought he'd scored his first goal for United and you look at the pitches that they disallowed that on versus the pitches that they allowed the Arsenal goal on and it's night and day like you you would go well if that Arsenal that ball in the Arsenal game didn't go over the line there's no way Rashford's ball went over the line either like and I, I just don't get it I like it's it's frustrating oh but, um, but even think, even going back to even United's penalty that they gave away against City you know with Hoy, Hoyland's pull mm-hmm. I mean that was yeah you go but then later on in the match he was pulled back and he got nothing you know, so it's yeah, uh, it's it's hard. I think we're missing a, a rather large point here is the refs. Like I go back to Kai Havertz, he should not have even been on the field, and well, then we... Arsenal go down to ten men, Cosy, and the game changes completely again to the point where we're probably not even talking about this goal. It, so, like, if that if if you draw, um, we're, we're talking about referee comparisons here, not just an Arsenal thing. But if you draw comparisons through what Havertz did to early in the year, some of the soft stuff that that Virgil Van Dijk did, that McAllister got overturned a decision, and the the refs rescinded Thrash. the red card. That there's no consistent. They can't even give a uh, a red card and a yellow card right at the moment. That's that's how bad these guys are going. So don't worry about goals. They can't even do the basics. Yeah, the Habits one was interesting though. Like, 
the the contact that Habits made. It was interesting. Was he stayed on the field. <laughs> it was with his trailing leg. It wasn't with his leading leg. So he didn't make contact coming across. It was uh, reckless. However, it wasn't studs up. It, you know, it, was it wasn't studs up. There's 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 footage of it yeah. being com- like complete and utter studs up. Like the studs can't get any upper, if that's a word. Of his front, of his front leg. leg. Do you think he's okay? Uh, look, where where I so, so so we could go back and forth on the decisions and and the the mechanisms of of making those decisions, and I think we'll just go around in circles. But for me, I can understand Cosy's disappointment. I can understand the frustration of fans around these decisions. But to be honest with you, where I fall off the support for what has occurred is Mikel Arteta. Like, I mean, the way he carried on was an absolute... He's an absolute palooka, this bloke. <laughs> like, you have no idea... Like, and straight away, and you can call it, you know, sour grapes. Absolutely, I'll put my hand up at sour grapes. But when United gave away a penalty, uh, Alex Tellez took down or made it collided with Bakayo Saka two years ago. And I believe Enkedia was offside, scored the goal. It was offside, ruled out. But then they went back and they went, well, both turning in direction, they collected Lex, Bakayo Saka fell over. You can go, oh, well, that was a penalty. But the Mikel Arteta, and I will never forget it because it frustrated the fuck out of me. Mikel Arteta walked towards the crowd as the referee was walking past going to the screen and was jollying the crowd up to go and get in the referee's ear about making the decision in your favour. Don't do that. Don't carry on like that and then go and carry on like a fucking sook like you did and go, the referees are a disgrace. They're this, that and the other. You can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't try and, you know manipulate the crowd to get the referee to make a decision in your favour and then go around and turn around and do what you did today, the other day. And what made it worse was the club then put out a statement on the back of it basically saying, you know, we support Mikel and basically we're going to work, we want to work with the referees in making you better. <laughs> like, I... I mean, that's where, like, I can, as I said, Cosy, I can feel sorry for an Arsenal fan and say, look, yeah, if that happened to me, the decision, I'd be filthy as a United fan. But the way Kevin Arteta has carried on <laughs> in terms of, you know, his actions, and the fact is, and for me, as a, if I was an Arsenal fan, I'd be afraid because as the hot seat, gets heated up towards the back end of the title race, I wouldn't want a manager who is carrying on like that because I'm like, oh, man, he's losing his marbles. He's doing oh, I love it. I love it. It was – that's what it reminded me of. It reminds me of a manager that, that um, narrowly missed the title this year and like Liverpool did when they the year they missed the title, then the next year they romped it in. He, he's kind of like he's expecting – that he's expecting to be eight or nine points clear, just cakewalking this title home, and the fact that it's not going to plan, like you say, Grego, the cracks, the cracks are well and truly there, and shit like this just shows that there's a bit of stress going on. But but even yeah, th- so sorry, cause I'll I think I was just gonna I was gonna add there, like I think we see different types of managers across the Premier League. 
you know, I think Arteta's an emotional arguer. Mm. You know, a bit like Berta. You know, he gets, <laughs> his, gets his um, he gets up there and he wears his heart on his sleeve. And I think it, it's actually um, somewhat improved in the last couple of years. Like initially, as you said, like he was making comments and getting frustrated and getting really emotional. Mm. Whereas, you know, there's a lot of Premier Premier League managers out there that are very cool, calm. And, and we've seen that actually a little bit with Ange, although Ange hasn't run into too many issues. But there are a few out there that can handle the pressure a little bit better and handle the arguments a little bit better. I, I can accept that too. And I can accept, like say, for example, from Arsenal for, as a club's perspective, I can accept them going, you know what, that's our manager. We're going to back him and basically... But you don't have to come out and put out a statement like they did and say basically the referees were saying that everything that Mikel said, that they're a disgrace, it's this, that and the other, is, and we want to work with you because basically the way that frames to me as an opposition team's fan is that Arsenal are coming together behind their manager and they're looking to influence future decisions. Don't do us wrong. And it was the same I, I mentioned it the other week about Liverpool getting the you know, controversial decision against them by Tottenham, you know, it was going to, I, I reckon it was going to affect future decisions moving forward. There's a, there's a strong possibility that that will occur. The, mm. the very easy solution mm. though is, so we don't have these things affecting the games is just to quite simply get it right. Do what you're paid to do. You can't get everything right because well, there's human beings involved. I'm talking refs now. There's human beings involved, but if they just do their job even half right at the moment, then you don't have clowns like Arteta playing it up to the media or Klopp asking for replays. I'll throw myself under the bus there too. Yeah, it's a backhanded compliment, isn't it? Arsenal coming out and saying, you know, that they'd welcome working together to achieve oh. the world's <laughs> It is... The, sta- the statement is laughable. It is oh. like, oh, you are it's so shit that if you yeah. want to know how to ref, come and sit in on one of our board meetings is yeah. pretty much what it said in layman's. Yeah. Like it was... I don't mind it. They're back in the manager. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't expect anything less. Uh Berta, mate, you were, you were frothing over the copper, copper Libertadores, mate. What did we have on the weekend? How'd oh, it go? Oh, we had a stadium packed full of passionate South Americans. Hello to the South American listeners. Um, look, delivered yellows, reds, extra time, um, faked injuries. It was, it was a game that could have been decided right up to the last corner by Boca in the last, last mm. minute. Um, the scene before the Libertadores, the the beaches were full. Everyone was partying. It's um, yeah. I just I don't know. I can't say how much I love that style of football. Just balls to the wall and off they go. That that is played differently. But it was a final that yeah is 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 advertised for for South American the final of the Copper Lib. Just good, hard quality football with some passion. Um, a question too, mate, um, and this up in our discussion points, uh, does every South American player have veneers? Well, I don't know, but we're certainly trending that way. I remember one of our South American players, Roberto Firmino, if he smiled, you could see it from space, apparently. Like oh. they, were, they were a set of choppers, weren't they? But um, 
I don't know, mate. That yeah, pr- most likely. Look, mate, there was there were some players. I oh. I caught the end. Like I I watched the the bat last ten minutes and the extra time. And I tell you what, some of the smiles were it was it was magical. Like there was so white, and you know it was just yeah. I I couldn't believe it. And but there were some good players. Like Marcelo was obviously playing for. Um, Fluminense and uh, Edinson Cavani was at Boca Juniors, so there was some there was some names there. Uh, Sergio Romero, former Man United goalkeeper. Marcelo, I don't know if you've ever had a look at the the record of what that guy's won, but adding a Copa Libertadores to an already bulging trophy cabinet, he has won. Mm. He's won some UCLs. He's won some La Ligas. He's the Copa Lib. I don't even know whether it'll fit for him, but yeah, another little string in the bow for him. But a very impressive player yeah. was from Fluminense. There's talk that he's actually already signed, sealed, and delivered to Liverpool in January. Is uh, Andre that played for as a as a holding midfielder and got um, the highest rated player of the match. So that was that was exciting to watch too. That we might be actually uh, on the right track there. Oh, fair enough. Uh, so I look forward to him signing for Chelsea. In that case, he's a bang average midfielder. <laughs> Uh, Rodio, uh, Cozzy, mate Confliction, what's going on? What is going on, mate? It's one of those days earlier in the week Where you're just scratching your head Not a VAR decision this time But um, through the Optus Sport Instagram account This story flashed up and it caught my eye earlier in the week Uh, As you know, it's uh, off-season in the AFL And my favourite team, the mighty... Premiership winning Collingwood Magpies mm. had one of their players, and the listeners might know this name, it's Josh Dacos. Very, very talented young player. He's got he a brother, hasn't he? At, oh, apparently. Apparently, yeah. the younger brother goes all right as well. But uh, he's turned up to the Spurs Premier League tri- match against Chelsea. Uh, mm. well, he's heading to the game tomorrow morning at, at time of recording. Um, and But he turned up to the training ground and was presented with a shirt. A mm. shirt. So it's and like, oh, it's a clash of, you know, loving and hating. Cosy, I didn't yeah. know you'd taken over my section of the Who Cares report. <laughs> no, no, these ones say hit you hard, Birdie, you know, like um, when you see one of your favourites, you know, mm. crossed to the dark side. So it was it was a tough story to read. Yeah. Well, mm, Potty Coglu. Yeah, Potty Coglu. He's Cog- just got him. He's Big got him Potty. locked in. Big Ange connection. Mm. He does, he does. Ah, <sighs> uh, rightio, mate. Drunk Uncle Trivia. What do we got, mate? So, boys, um, a bit of a segue from the Josh Dacos story. Uh, what I thought I'd do this week is test out your knowledge, and I'm calling this week's uh, fan trivia... Uh, where are we? <laughs> uh, famous footy mate, fans. Mate, this is your segment. Dacos. I was just reaching for my next drink. Sorry, boys. Uh, just <laughs> <laughs> this this week's called famous footy fans. So oh, okay. This is uh, where the EPL and the uh, celebrities clash. Mm. So mm. I know you guys know a few celebrities. You got a few on on your mobile phone. You got a few numbers and things like that. Mm. So mm. this should be an easy one. So very simply, very quick one this week. Uh, just pick a number one, two, and three, and that'll be your set of questions. Okay. Mm. I'll let you guys go first. I've been jumping I'll go, in. I'll go recently. number two. I'll split the difference. 
Number one. I'll go three. Good decision, boys. Mm. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so here we Good go. Positive Very feedback. simply. Well, it's the first thing you've done right tonight, so here well. we go. <laughs> uh, so very simply, all you have to do is I will give you a selection of teams. Yep. And there are four celebrities. You just need to match up uh, the celebrity with the teams. Okay. So, Potty, mm. you're going first. Yep. So you have the Premier League sides A through B. So all the Premier League teams starting with A and B, they're mm. your answer choices such a broad range mate Mm. there is there is so prince william who is his celebrity fan club prince william um if you get this wrong you're out of the commonwealth mate (laughs) uh prince william uh aston villa correct well done Idris Elba. Oh. Is, Edri- is Idris an Arsenal fan? He is. Well done. Fat Boy Slim. Um, oh. Brentford? No, incorrect. He'd, he'd go for Brighton. He'd be one of that he 15%. Is. Yeah. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> well done. And your last one, Potty, is King Charles the Third. Um, Ooh, Greg, I knows this one. Oh, just I'm oh, just making sounds. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll I'm going through the Premier League. Um, Bournemouth. No, that's correct. Oh well, you want to jump in, boys? Any idea? Yeah, King Charles. Does he go for Brentford? No. Uh. He's a Burnley supporter. Oh, well, oh should, should have known. Oh. <laughs> um, is he the only one? <laughs> <laughs> so, Berta, your team's C through L. So, here we go. Margot Robbie. Oh, C through L. I think there's about six teams in there. I don't know. She would... Chelsea. Mm. Boys, you want to jump in? Any idea? Uh, no. I, I, I'm actually in a bit of a, a bit of a daze thinking of Margot yeah, Robbie, actually. You said that, you lost me. <laughs> uh, Fulham. Fulham. She's a Fulham supporter. Mm. Liam Neeson. But, uh, it's Liam Liverpool. Neeson. No. Correct. Come on, mate. You want to jump in there, boys? Uh, oh, well, I'll throw Everton in there. <laughs> um, is he... No, actually, Potty, I looked up Everton and they don't have any celebrity supporters, so yeah. I don't know what that's about. So. They do. I support them, mate. They do. They have one, Tom Hanks. Oh, there you go. No, so Liam Nelson is a Crystal Palace supporter. So oh. there you go, oh. Palace. He's actually also a supporter of the French League because, um, you know, during one of his time, he spent a bit of time in Paris where he took out half of the uh, half of the population. 
<laughs> I have <Yeah>. skills. <laughs> you. Okay, Berta, two to go. LeBron Little James. <laughs> Correct. Oh. Last one. This is for uh, two points. Chelsea. Who's Chelsea's number one fan? Todd Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Chelsea's number one <laughs> fan? Is he fucking calling out a cooked fucking steak? What the fuck? Get out of my Gordon fucking Ramsey? kitchen. Gordon oh, Ramsay, correct. Oh. Right. I was going to say, I was going to say, Gary, who works behind the grill at the local <laughs> pub. <laughs> Shout out to Gary. Ah, right. So, Potty 2, Berta 2. Gregor, you need three points to take out this week's trivia. Okay. Here we go. Uh, no. Oh, let's confident. start with the easy one. Usain Bolt. Oh. Uh, Manchester United. Fucking hell. Oh, yeah, that's very easy, that one. Uh, Central Coast Mariners, actually. So. <laughs> ah, <laughs> yes. Cosy, by the way, you're wrong with Liam Neeson. It is Liverpool. Oh, oh here we go. Oh, here, oh, here he going? We go. Sur- searching the season ticket register. Oh. oh, are we looking up Google while the, in the middle of trivia, well, are we? Yeah. Oh, well, there we go. Incriminated himself. A quick go- He's a quick Google search away. will tell you you're wrong. No, no, I've got sources. I've got sources close to Liam, so he's mm. he's told me he's a Crystal Palace supporter. So never question the quiz master. Mm. That's right. Uh, a lot of research goes into these questions. He's I can not... tell you. <laughs> um, here we go. Spider Man, Grego, Tom Holland. Tom Holland isn't bloody Toby Maguire Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> he's a fucking West Ham fan. No. No, that... mate. Toby Maguire is Spider-Man. Who's to- Tom Holland? Who's he? Tom Holland's Spider-Man, isn't he? Okay, what letters have mm. I got? You've got L through S. I probably should have told you that, hey? Yeah, you probably should have. <laughs> um, L through... S. S. Yeah. Um, he's a Newcastle United supporter. No. Boys, you want to jump in? Anyone? Um, L L through S. Um. Tottenham is Who's Tom Holland? Didn't you say L through? Who's Tom Holland? He's Spider-Man. Yeah, you said L through S, you knob. Tottenham's with a T. You've got me bloody going through my alphabet. Don't worry about that, boys. Uh, Making some, some, some last-minute changes here. Right there. So, let's get back to the quiz. Grego, teams L through W. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> A through Z. Uh, what about Luke Skywalker, Mark Hamill? Who does he support? Um, oh, I'm exhausted now. Um, Luke Skywalker... <laughs> Um, Wimbledon Wolves Wolves is correct Well done hey. This is for the win Right, Last one Former England Batting captain Alastair Cook Oh Alistair Cook um, Alistair Cook Alistair Cook Alistair Cook 
Cook. Um, mm, Sheffield United. No. Incorrect. Luton Town. Oh, uh, I was wondering. I think I thought he might have been Lancashire. That's where he might have been from. But no, obviously not. He's from London. We need a tiebreaker. So oh. here we go. Let's go back to Tom Holland. Tom Holland's been in four movies as Spider. Oh crap! I just gave away the Sp- <laughs> Spider Man. <laughs> He's been away in four movies as Spider Man. What was his first one? Spider-Man uh, one. He was in Cap- Captain America: Civil um, Civil something um, with the green gobby. <laughs> yeah, um, Civil War. Civil Correct, War. Correct, Potty. Well done. You take out the trivia this week. Well done, Potty. Nailed it. Well done, Potty. Well done, boys. Yeah. Something a little bit different this week. Well done, Cosy. Loved it. Rightio, Potty. What's up next week, mate? What are the fixtures saying for us? Match day twelve: Wolves versus Spurs, Palace versus Everton. United versus Luton Town in what Grego has dubbed Battle of the Stadium. Oh, I definitely didn't dub that, uh, that Battle wasn't. of the Stadium. Somebody else has dubbed that. <laughs> now, I would suggest that it's not, but fucking, <laughs> fucking Kenilworth Road has had more work done to it than Old Trafford. So, so whoever's <laughs> done that see? has got the reaction we're after. Yeah. yeah. Did you see the, Did you catch the story on the weekend, boys, about the toilet roof falling in at Kenilworth Road? Mate. <laughs> True story. On I didn't see it. I, I did uh, say it. I was, I was watching the match and I thought I was getting mesothelioma looking at the asbestos roof from all the way over here in Australia. It's atrocious. No, apparently the story goes of a bunch of Liverpool supporters taking a in the urinals and the roof fell in. Uh, <laughs> couldn't have happened to wouldn't, better blokes. But wouldn't you panic if you're you're underneath a stadium and the roof starts falling in? Yeah, like you'd be out of there pretty. You'd snap it off. You'd be out of there pretty quick, I reckon. Yeah, I'd be looking to see if Stuart Diver was around with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway. What are you talking about? I'm just, I'm looking for a way out. He's a, he's got form. He knows how to survive a collapse. Arsenal versus Burnley, <laughs> Bournemouth versus Newcastle, Villa versus Fulham, Brighton versus Sheffield United, Liverpool versus Brentford, West Ham versus Forest, and Chelsea versus City. All right, Potty, Fantasy Premier League, mate, what is your tip? Oh, my one's a simple one and a kick up the ass for myself. I can confirm. So when you make your changes, boys, make sure you click <laughs> confirm when you change. Far <laughs> out. I'm pretty sure that's already been a tip on this show, and clearly I don't listen. I, I was not happy on Sunday morning. How good was Sam Johnson on the no. weekend? Is a bit. I mean, you you didn't get many points to your areola. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I was out. Uh, yeah, I was. Uh, I mean, not real happy about that. But Sam, jo- if you got one point for areola, Sam Johnson was pepperoni nipples. He was massive. <laughs> so nine points. Oh, there you go. So that's my tip. Uh, Grego, what about you, mate? Mate, um, look, the big call, big call, Toffee fan. You got the Guernsey on tonight, Potty. Mm. Everton are tightening up. They are becoming a dice team. That is the call around the water cooler and around the punditry of the English Premier League. Um, defensive options on offer. Mikolenko, Tarkovsky and Daryl Branthwaite. They're going to be your big 
there's there's some quality there. Four million. You're not going to pay any more than four point four million for any of those players. Some bargains. Get on them. And also too, Harlan's fucking cooked. I told you guys two years ago. <laughs> got nothing. You got nothing I told on the weekend. Two weeks ago. So why did you captain him anyway. again? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, cause. So my tip, got to grab a Gabby. So mm. get into the Arsenal oh, players. No. There's two that you want to get a hold of. So, so you want to grab a Gabby this week and hold on for about a month. Um, good run of games coming up. Who so are the Who are the Gabbies that you're referring to, Cosy? Gabriel Martinelli. Yep. If you want to get some goals. Um, you know, he's a relatively cheap option and he's been, uh, you know, he's had a bit of a dry spell, but he's about to hit form. Mm. And Gabriel Margulies in the back. Oh, the so defender. He's, is he's that, been one of our most solid Is he the defenders. one that got pushed is in the back? Is that his name? I thought, no, I thought that was Matthew Mitchum. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me started when I go back there. <laughs> All right. Oh. I'll get started. I'll get stuck right, yeah. into mine. The first one is I just want to congratulate Grego. It's it's the first time he's used a chip um, as it's supposed to be used and gained an advantage and 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 used it wisely. So Grego, congratulations! You've topped the round mm-hmm. by using a bench boost and when you should have used it in an appropriate situation. So well well done. <laughs> well, yeah, because I had a f- full squad. And the second one. I actually did regret it. I thought, oh, geez, I probably should have used that for a double game week when I had a full squad. But, the second you know. one is, um, speaking of regret, is don't remove Harland. Just don't. You'll you'll absolutely regret it. I've got to disagree. <laughs> He's fucking cooked. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, listeners at home, get your fantasy tips in. I hope that helps you. Probably won't, but anyway. Mm. Rightio, potty, who am I? Lord, who am I? <laughs> But who am I? You are one pathetic loser. But who am I? The fuck is that guy? But who am I? Radio Pod, what do you got for us, mate? Okay, boys, are we ready? Who am I? Okay. I began playing football as a youngster, initially as a goalkeeper, but later transitioned to the role of right winger and finally a forward where I would play as a professional. I began my senior career at Telstar and Azit Alkmaar before leaving Netherlands for Portugal club Campo Mayores in August 1995. I then joined Boa Vista the following year and won the Tazar G. Portugal or the Portugal Cup with the club in 97. I feel like you're nailing these. Thank you, mate. (laughs) I I practised. (laughs) After drawing the attention of the EPL, I was signed by English side Leeds United for £2 million fee prior to the 97-98 season where I established myself as a prolific goal scorer and went on to win the Premier League Golden Boot Award in 1999. After then, spending some time uh, at uh, Atletico Madrid, I returned to the Premier League with Chelsea for a record $15 million fee in May 2000, where I once again led the league in scoring during my Gre- first season. Grego? Grego? Is it Tori Andrea Flo? No. Oh. 
where I once again led the league in scoring during my first season. This earned me my second Premier League golden boot. I also played in the 2002 FA Cup final and helped Chelsea to a career high and then club record second place Premier League finish in 03-04. I moved to Middlesbrough on a free transfer in July 2004 and played in the final of the Europa League Cup in 2006. After being released at the end of the season, I signed with Charlton Athletic in July 2006 before joining Cardiff City in August 2007. I played on the losing side of the 2008 FA Cup final before retiring from play at the end of the season. I also scored nine goals in 23 matches during a four-year international career for the Netherlands national team, appearing in the 1998 FIFA World Cup. Had a fucking lethal shot on him, boys. In May 2013, I was appointed manager of Royal Antwerp in the Belgian second division, where I stayed for one season. In November 2014... I was hired by Burton Albion and in my first season I led them to the first uh, ever promotion to League One as champions of League Two. In December 2015 I was appointed manager of QPR in the championship. I lasted 11 months in the job until I was dismissed in November 2016. From 2017 to April 2018 I managed League One club Northampton Town. On New Year's Day 2021, I returned to Burton Albion as a manager for a second spell where I remained until I resigned until the end of September 2022. Who am I? Would one of you guys hurry up and Google it? What nationality? Oh, oh, oh no! Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. The Portuguese, the starting in Portugal threw me off. He started in Holland and then he moved to Portugal. Well, it's Berta's, I mean, it's Potty's pronunciations. It just threw me off. I thought uh, it was Portuguese. Look, I after I threw out Tori Andrea Flo and then I got rejected, I knew straight away after he said, mentioned the uh, the Chelsea side. 99, 99 Premier League golden boot. Is that what you said, Potty? Yep. And he wanted again. He had a had a lethal shot on him. Oh Jesus! He was like ML Heskey with ability. <laughs> no, I. I... Greg, do you want to have a crack, mate? Did he play for what Chelsea? Else? Did you say? Yep, he played for. <laughs> He plays oh, for Chelsea. Uh, uh, hassle. Uh, ha- he's, he's got it. He's, he's got, got it. it. Go. Uh, Jimmy. Posse. Uh, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbeck. He's got it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. My first Who Am I? <laughs> oh, that is great. Oh, it, was, it was. I enjoyed that one. I. I, I I thought the pronunciation wasn't bad. I thought it was on the that mark. That was good, mate. That was great. And, um, you know, it was enjoyable seeing you here just hating yourself for going in too early. <laughs> that was good. All right. That's it for another week, boys. Oh, very Thanks, good. Poor old Bert. Oh, mate. <laughs> oh, you got to have rules. Same as the VAR. You gotta have so rules. he started, like, he, 
He's like, Jet, Jet. And I thought he was going to go with Gators, bitches, better be wearing jimmies. Alrighty, <laughs> 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 oh, Champions League boys, Dortmund versus Newcastle, City versus Young Boys, Covert Hagen United, Arsenal, Sevilla. So we've got the reverse fixtures. Um, and also, too, in the European that we'd have to talk about. So we talked about Bayern Munich, obviously, coming unstuck against Zabrocken. Now, they've bounced back in a big way. You know, they're not having it all their way in the Bundesliga. Leverkusen are currently on top. Um, but they bounced back by hammering Dortmund in the Classica. Harry Kane got his second hat-trick for the week, gentlemen. Now, it wasn't so much the way Bayern bounced back or the fact that Harry Kane scored his second hat-trick. It was Kane's post-match press conference, which allegedly, in which he dedicated both hat-tricks to all the long-suffering Arsenal fans due to their VAR debacle (laughs) over the weekend. So I thought, you know, as a former Tottenham player, it was really, really nice of Harry Kane to dedicate his glory to uh, the long-suffering Arsenal fans, and and they were a bit upset on the weekend. So well done, Harry Kane. Now, it's good to see the Harry Kane effect in full flight, you know, Bain travelling really, really well, but... Coming second at the and moment. losing to third um, division teams, <laughs> they can't even win a cup there. Uh, trophyless. Yeah, well, unfortunately for me, they'll probably still win the Champions League group. Mm. Rightio, so Berta, who cares? Report. Let's go, mate. What do you got for us? Right, well, a, a straight up simple one to start with is um, so. Marcus Rashford goes for a night out after the Man City loss mm. and parties. He gets dropped. The manager's spoken to him. It's sorted out. The media then go nuts about it that everything... Well, let's be honest. The stadium is falling down, but everything's falling down at Manchester United. <laughs> Who cares? Mm. It, it, was, it was... He went for a drink. He got punished. It's been sorted. Who cares? It it was yeah it was a bit like I I very much your your way but I get it it's it's a nothing story it's it's who cares but I was listening to a, a United We Stand podcast and the point was made that and I I mean you know the China White Knight Club in Manchester where Marcus went I mean it's obviously a, a wonderful establishment. And it's obviously there are lots of, you know, he wanted to catch up with friends and socialise and the like. But when you're a footballer and you're on £300,000 a week, you don't need the China White. Can't you just have a party at home and invite everyone and just get somebody else to organise it, especially if it's your birthday and especially if you've just been pumped in the derby? Yeah, but they're not that smart. No, I, 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 it's that's becoming obvious, but I, I just like it's so like you just, you're just not reading the room by doing that. I, I don't think mm. there's anything wrong with it, but it's almost like, come on, you know, you've just been thumped in the derby by City, and you're at China White. Like, surely you could, and I don't know what Marcus's status is at the moment. You, um, he might be in a relationship or not. Surely you could get a, a busload of the finest models to turn up to your house you could have the best dj you wanted you know you could have it all sorted and do it in your backyard 
But, I mean, as a fan, that's me just being, you know, trying to cater to a bloke who wants to party, you know. But as a fan, I want him at home fucking crying. He just got mm. beat. Mm. <laughs> would, would there have been a, much of a story if they'd won? No, no. no. I, I mean, Eric Ten Hag would have been at China White with him. Would have been. Yeah, it's just not the, not the, not the, not the time. No, it just yeah. It's yeah. A, I mean, you, you, you're right, Cosy. It's no story if they're winning. No, nothing, nothing's a story if they're. But you're winning. putting you're putting yourself up for a, for a free punch in the chops by by doing it though, yeah. aren't you? Like yeah, I mean, it's yeah, yeah. My mm. my, my mm. next one, and I see there's a few little um, things that people want to talk about. My next one is yeah, it, it'll it'll lead into a who cares, but to the Luton Town fans on the weekend tragedy chanting um always the victim to mm. the liverpool supporters in reference to the 1989 hillsborough disaster where 97 people were lost what what is that about like you've just come up to the premier league after being down in who gives a fuck knows where since 1991 you're in a shit stadium you mm. wear orange and then you have the audacity to have a go at a club, the, tradi- the tradition of Liverpool with a chant like that. Like, who gives a fuck about your shit club? You'll be down playing division championship again next year. So go and build a roof, fix your toilets, and fuck off. That's not on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean... and c- Well, if they keep, that's, keep that, holding that's Premier League good. giants to one-all draws, they might well, stay up a little bit longer nah, than you they're, think they're, they're totally shit, but that... Mm. that I heard hearing that is just so far wrong that and and yeah. and the way that the media is condemned. I mean, them, it's, it's yeah. just tragedy. And Jamie Carragher, anyway. good on him for calling him out live, no. just saying that when they were doing it during the the tele, like, nah, just just stop it. Like, I don't understand what has to go through someone's mind mm. or however many people they fit in there. I don't know, probably twelve to to get to that to think that's a funny chant, like. You're a piss ant club. No one who cares about mm. your club. You suck. You know you held us to a draw. Well done, but no. Nah. Um, something that I just want to mention, guys, in terms of the who cares report. Danny Drinkwater. I mean, far out. Whose coffee did he piss in at Chelsea? Because he they've put out a list, and he's been thrown under the Chelsea bus. They've put out a list on four four two. Apparently, this is me just going off Chelsea life. Uh. Facebook page, but there's, according to 442, Chelsea's top 20 worst signings. Danny Drinkwater is number one. Okay, now you could say that Danny Drinkwater, after winning the title with Leicester, got a big 30, I believe it was about 30 million pound move to to Chelsea, and he hasn't, he was injured. He'd never played, he went through probably two or three managers, it was just a nightmare of a move for him. But to say that he is in the top 20, and I mean, that might be something, but to say he's number one is just an absolute disgrace. Number two is Winston Bogard. Now, do you guys know the story of Winston Bogard? No. It sounds like something off Paddington. Apparently, Winston Bogard turned up every single training session and never missed a session. And he played out his career at Chelsea and then went on a free after that. Never played a match for the club. And they've put Danny Drinkwater on top of that. Lukaku, Shevchenko, Koulibaly. Casido. Uh, Koulibaly, sorry. Um, 
Shevchenko. Fernando Torres. Adrian Mutu. Adrian Mutu signed. Adrian Mutu and Mark Bosnich are 8 9. They both just went to Chelsea to get on the bags. <laughs> Allegedly. <No>. Not allegedly. <laughs> both found guilty of getting on the bags. Like, and this one's harsh. This one I'm not copping. Steve Sidwell. Steve Sidwell was signed by, I believe, Jose Mourinho as a free transfer from Reading. It was nothing. Like, that is a, that is a G up for Steve Sidwell to be thrown in the, the top 20 worst signings. Was he going to be a starter for Chelsea? Was he going to be a club hero? No, but I think it's unfair. I think they've done drink water harsh there. Mm. Mm. Steve Sidwell, he carried Reading. Like, he, he, he had that club on his back and dragged them and kept them up in the Premier League for a long, long time. Yeah. But, but anyway, rub, a bit harsh. To rub salt in the wounds, Grego, Danny Drinkwater's business just went bust. He's lost £2 million, two million pounds in his restaurant business, so he's not having a good week. Mm. Well, that's obviously because people were drinking water. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> wow. Oh yeah. All right. On that note, uh, we're done, boys. <laughs> we are out. Or anything else to add, lads? No, all good. No, boys. All good. Rightio. Uh, well, it's been another fantastic episode. Uh, thanks very much for tuning in, guys. Got heated there early. I mm. mean, you know, it was a bit of Mikel Arteta or you know Mikel Keegan passion going on there. And uh, yeah, it was a good, it's good chat, guys. No. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Thanks, boys. What a cracker. I look forward to more All controversy good. next week. Uh, absolutely. Rightio, uh, for all our listeners at home, thank you very much for tuning in. Good night, Australia. <laughs>